0: We're going to jump right into it this morning. We're, we're continuing our series on the story, and we're, just, we're basically walking through God's Word. We're walking through the Bible. And my hope is that you are not doing the, you know, the six-day break and then getting here and getting a little bit of your Bible on Sunday mornings. My hope is that you'll, you'll be jumping in to the Word during the week and reading through the stories and seeing what's uh, available in there as we've been walking through these uh, up till now. Now, you remember we left off with David, and you remember <clears throat> with uh, David that he had a, uh, an affair with Bathsheba and had a child, and then that child was taken from him. And uh, you remember later on, though, that they had another child, and that child was Solomon. Solomon now has become the heir to the throne. That's kind of where we left off last week. And so now we pick it up where Solomon now, uh, being the heir to the throne, he is is a young king, and he is wanting now to to figure out how to reign in his kingdom. Now, if you are fairly young in anything, uh, it's a pretty good trait to kind of have a humble approach to it, right? And to, to attach yourself to somebody who can mentor you and teach you and guide you. When I was 18 years old, I took a youth pastor position. I was at college, and I took this this position, seven junior hires. And I remember charging into it right away, kind of like I was big, hot stuff, you know? Um, you know? They want this 18-year-old to be their youth pastor, you know? And, and I jumped right into it. And it took, really, all of about a month and a half, six weeks, before I realized I had no idea what I was doing whatsoever, nothing. I just thought, you know, if you, if you roll in there and you have, a, you have a few cool phrases to tell the teens, and, uh, and maybe if you spent two or three minutes preparing a lesson, then uh, you're, you would be good to go. Um, not so. Not so. And I just, for, for the first six weeks, I felt like I was an absolute idiot in youth ministry. And so I called up my youth pastor. Makes sense, right? I mean, he was the guy that mentored me, discipled me, led me to the Lord, and we started talking. And you know the first question he asked me about the whole thing? was he said, well, how's your spiritual walk going? <laughs> I said, well, what does that have to do with it? <laughs> how's your spiritual life going? How are you doing spending time in God's word? How are you doing filling yourself up and growing yourself so that you have something to offer your teens? You know, it's the first time in my life I'd ever really heard that concept. First time I really got it there. And from that day on, it was a different approach to youth ministry. Solomon is really, at the beginning of his reign, he's doing the exact same things. He is just saying, God, I don't know enough. I need to get with you. I need something from you. And, uh, and then we can do this thing. So that's what we're going to learn this morning. We're going to jump into it. So if you got in here without your sermon notes, if you just slip up your hand. Richard will get one to you right now, and we'll, we'll make sure you're, you're set to start. Solomon, we learn in his word, he has these three main encounters with God. Now, we're not going to walk through all of them this morning. You can do that type of reading on your own. And my first impression as I read all this was thinking, what, just three encounters with God? Is that it uh, for this guy? And then as you really talk about the encounters with God and the tangible conversations that he had with God back and forth, it's a pretty powerful thing that happened in those meetings with God. And then to sit back and say, wow, in our lives, how often have I had that that deep tangible connection where it was almost verbal conversation back and forth with God. So significant meetings, and to have three of them, it became a much, much bigger deal. The first one happens in 1 Kings chapter 3. So if you have your Bibles, uh, open them up to 1 Kings chapter 3, and let's take a look at this encounter that he's had with God. We'll start in verse 4 and pick it up from, from there. So if you got your Bible... First Kings chapter three, we'll start in verse four. The king went to the great shrine at, at Gibeah in order to sacrifice there. He used to, he used to offer a thousand entirely burnt offerings on that altar. The Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream at night. God said, ask whatever you wish and I'll give it to you. Now let's just stop there for a moment. How nice would it be in your interaction and encounter with God if God said to you, David, whatever you want. Tina, Matt, whatever you want. Just ask, and it's yours. Notice that it didn't seem like there was any stipulations on what God said here. He didn't say, hey, ask for right. You know, you got one shot at this. He didn't say, Hey, curtain number one here, or curtain number two, make your choice in this. It was seemingly the, the stipulations were just this. You ask for whatever you want, and I am going to give it to you. That's where we find ourselves here. Verse six now, Solomon responded. You showed so much kindness to your servant, my father David, when he walked before you in truth, righteousness, and with a true heart. You've kept this great loyalty and kindness for him and have now given him a son to sit on the throne. And now, Lord my God, you have made me your servant king in my father David's place. But I'm young and inexperienced, I know next to nothing. But I'm here, your servant, in the middle of the people you have chosen, a large population population that can't be numbered or counted due to its vast size. Verse 9. Please give your servant a discerning mind in order to govern your people and to distinguish good from evil. Because no one is able to govern this important people of yours without your help. Amazing response to Solomon. In fact, you might have read this or know this passage so well that when you think about this, it just doesn't seem like that big of a deal. So, you know, he asked for wisdom. That's good. That's an important thing. It was wise to ask for wisdom, you might say here. But, I mean, really, let's, let's stop for a second. Let's put ourselves in the situation. Let's go kind of Aladdin on us here. And we rub the lamp, and the genie comes flying out of the, the lamp. And, uh, you know, Robin Williams does his little comic stick and then says to us, what would you like? You have three wishes. Now think for a second. Would your knee-jerk response be, you know, God, I've got this family back home. I've got this, uh, this wife or husband and kids. And you know, Lord, our genie or whoever, I don't always know what to do with this family. I don't always know the decisions to make with this family. I'm confused sometimes how to parent these kids. Could you give me incredible husband Wisdom and know how and how to lead this family. I probably wouldn't be my knee jerk response. (laughs) I would probably, first of all, say, Lord, I've got these school loans. And uh, I really hate sending a check to this school loan company. So if you could wipe out that school loan, eliminate that. In fact, if you could flip it and maybe put a plus in there, you know, something where they're scratching their head and they don't know, but they just send the check to me, um, that'd be kind of nice. Why don't we go at it that way? And that'd be pretty good. Or, you know, you might say, Lord, you you see the car that's out in the driveway? (laughs) So it gets around most of the time. Um, I'm not asking for a Lamborghini, but Lord, it's something that, you know, could get me around and not leave me on the side of the road. How about we do that? And we might even convince ourselves, well, if I had three wishes, I'll eventually get to wisdom. But here, of all that he could ask, Solomon says, I'm in a leadership position, and I don't know what I'm doing. Lord, grant me wisdom. Grant me wisdom. I'd like to make right decisions for my people. In asking that, it's clear that Solomon not only wants to make the right decisions, but it's clear that he has a care and a compassion for his people uh, as well. When he's thinking about this, he wants to do the right thing for them. Verse 10, "'It pleased the Lord that Solomon had made this request. "'God said to him, "'Because you have asked for this "'instead of requesting long life, wealth, "'and victory over your enemies, "'asking for discernment so as to acquire good judgment, "'I will now do just what you said. "'Look, I hereby give you a wise and understanding mind,' There has been no one like you before now, nor will there be anyone like you afterwards. Smartest man who ever lived is what the Bible is saying here. I I now also give you what you didn't ask for, wealth and fame. There wouldn't be a king like you as long as you live. And if you walk in my ways and obey my laws and commands, just as your father David did, then I will give you a very long life. It's amazing that the Lord then, it's like, good job, Solomon. You passed the test. You asked for the right thing. Now I will give you everything. Kind of like at the end of the Price is Right, you know, if you, if you are the winning bidder at the last, you know, if you bid within $100, you get both showcases. You know, that's pretty good stuff. He got within that $100, both showcases, all of them here. You know, he gets the wisdom, and he gets the money and the wealth and the, and the fame as well. But the Lord adds this little stipulation at the end. He says, if you'll walk in my ways, you'll have all this. I'm not taking that away from you. But if you walk in my ways, I will give you long life. What do we find with Solomon? That doesn't happen for him. And so, well, let's, let's move on. As we look at this, though, I, I think about the wisdom that Solomon gave. And I thought, wouldn't it be nice if he kind of imparted that wisdom Onto us, So that we could be like his people. And uh, sure enough, he did that. In the, in the book of Proverbs, most of the book of Proverbs is actually accredited to Solomon. And so as we read the book of Proverbs, then we can gain some of his wisdom. Now, Solomon wrote about 3,000 of these Proverbs, 3,000 of these little sayings. We got about 900 of them in the book of Proverbs. But if you think about, if you were to open up the book of Proverbs and you were to read through these, many people do it one per day, because there's 31 uh, chapters in the book of Proverbs, and we were to memorize these things.